Welcome to this week's episode of Zero to a Million, brought to you by Unstack. I'm your host, Zach Rigo. Today, I'm joined by Ryan Smith, Head of Partnerships at Emotive, a company helping merchants drive more sales faster with conversational text messaging, purpose-built for e-commerce. Ryan, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Zach. Excited to talk today. Yeah, no, I I asked you to join after a conversation we had, uh, what, last week now, and uh, really, you've got an interesting background in e-commerce. I think you've seen it from a few different angles. Obviously, you know, heading up partnerships now at Emotive. Uh, take me through a little bit of your background and, and how you ended up where you are today. Yeah, so I've kind of been through uh, the whole gamut uh, in terms of my career progression. I, I started out in like the wellness space, being a personal trainer, building up my own business, then got into door-to-door sales, which is a whole nother animal, um, being that... Uh, guy that no one wants to talk to when you show up at their front door trying to sell windows and roofing, siding, and insulation. Um, But eventually pivoted my way into the world of SaaS, uh, where I was originally working for a company called ThriveHype. And then eventually found myself into uh, the world of e-commerce. My first step into there was joining uh, a company called Privy. We were the number one um, downloaded Shopify app back in the day, Uh, a great tool for collecting uh, email Uh, phone number, any type of information where we started to pivot into email and SMS as well. Uh, And throughout my time there, uh, I was the first account executive. We started to build out that team really quickly. And I pivoted into the partnership program that started to grow over there as well. Um, So during that time, I got to have the, you know, benefit of not only talking to hundreds, if not thousands of e-commerce brands, but also got to start to work with the agencies that are driving just incredible results for these brands, helping them scale uh, as quickly as possible. Um, but through my time at Privy, I started to see the trends of the industry of how you know personalization was becoming more and more of an, a big impact uh, in the future of e-commerce uh, and how SMS was really starting to gain some traction in the space where when I first started in the space a few years ago, uh, it was a little bit of... Uh, you know, an uncertainty. People didn't want to bother their customers. They thought it was a not a great channel to leverage. Um, but I saw the potential in it, and that's when I got approached by Emotive to come in here and help build out our partnership program uh, over here. And you know, take us through. Uh, let's start with Privy because I think that's an interesting experience. They, you know, very familiar with their business. Love the team over there. Um, who, who was their target customer? So when you were on that AE side and you're on the phone you know, talking to folks about their challenges. Who was the target customer that y'all were bringing on most often? Yeah, when I first started at Privy, we were primarily focused on those um, solo entrepreneurs, the people that are just getting their Shopify stores up and running. And their main focus was, how can I start to grow my email list? How can I grow my SMS list? And really start to, you know, convert those customers to an own channel and foster long-going relationships to drive maximum revenue. Um, so that's where we initially started, but as the product started to progress, we started to move a little bit up market as well. Um, but in general, the typical customers I would speak to on a regular basis were the people that, you know, hadn't even converted their first sale yet to people that were well established doing, you know, 10, 15, $20 million uh, in revenue a year. Uh, so the variety, uh, the, the, there was quite a bit of variety in the customers I got to speak with. Um, so I did get to learn a lot about like the struggles that, uh, you face in the early phases. And then again, those struggles that you face as you start to scale, um, and really start to add, you know, a headcount underneath your belt and face some of those challenges, um, that the bigger brands are facing as well. And then as you pivoted to a motive, you know, who, who's kind of the, the core merchants y'all are, are going after today. And, and, and I think from a partnership side as well, I think people are really interested in hearing about the agencies, right? What types of agencies are you, are you partnering with? 
Yeah, definitely. So emotive is like primary target right now. We're, we're definitely f- focused on that mid-market. I would say our average customers are doing anywhere from five to $50 million in sales a year. So it's a pretty big range, um, but they're very well established. They already have the proof of concept. They have a good customer base. They, they have their traffic sources figured out really well. They're just looking for a way to really boost their revenue to that next level by adding a new own channel to their repertoire. Uh, and as far as the agency side goes, you know, within the e-commerce space, there's a plethora of agencies uh, offering a variety of services. Some of them are as simple as, hey, we just build websites. That's all we do. Um, others are a full 360 uh, marketing agency that come in and insert themselves as an extension of that e-commerce brand's team. Um, so most commonly we'll see, you know, um, paid ads, social media management, uh, and then, of course, running all of their managed channels like email and SMS as well. And then uh, I guess as you've been in this space, you mentioned, hey, I had the foresight, right? I was at Privy, started seeing SMS come up more and more often. I think, you know, geez, over the last 12 months, it's become apparent that that is part of the future of communication and an own channel that every merchant should have. What was the first kind of trigger that you saw earlier or later in your Privy days, kind of early in the SMS days that was like, okay, this is interesting. People are seeing results and, and really... I should be doubling down in my career on this. Yeah. So, you know, in my later days in Privy, we definitely started to see a trend where um, a lot of brands were so focused and seeing the value and learning as much about their customers as possible. So it went away from just, hey, you know, on your homepage of the website, I'm looking to capture, you know, your email to now I want to capture like more data about the customer. How can I learn more about your interests? I want your birthday, your phone number. Um, you know, what products have you bought in the past? And what that is all essentially leading to is how can we create a more personalized and humanized experience for the customers at the end of the day? Um, and, you know, the good and bad of, you know, the COVID situation that's gone on, I think that's only um, sped up the whole process and, and made brands really focus on, hey, now we need to really focus on giving that human to human experience because, you know, where people shopped in the past was brick and mortar locations. You can walk into a store, you know, let's say you go to Dick's Sporting Goods, you can walk in there, say, hey, I'm looking for a fishing rod. They're going to ask you a bunch of questions and learn exactly what you need and recommend the perfect, you know, fishing rod for you in that situation. Well, now e-commerce is finally starting to be empowered to be able to do the exact same thing online with their customers. And any way that we can engage with them in a more human to human interaction is going to result in, well, obviously more sales, but more loyal customers and you being more empowered to provide your customers with the information that they need at the right time. Um, so that's really where things are starting to head um, as, as this industry continues to gain more speed. And you talk about that conversational piece. I think that is you know, super challenging to do effectively at scale. Um, I think the other thing is, you know, people, certain people want to be communicated with by brands in certain ways. There are brands that I like to get texts from. There are a bunch of brands I will never register for text for. Um, how have you seen you know, your customers effectively either execute on the conversational piece? And then also, I think the segmentation is, is really key in the long run. If you're accumulating data, you're hopefully using that to your advantage uh, in the long term. Yeah. So I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head like that. Uh, meeting the customer where they're at and like how they want to be communicated to is super important. And I think that's one of the biggest things that people get wrong or that, you know, brands should really think about when they are implementing SMS or, you know, other potential channels outside of email. 
because just about anyone will give you their email address. Um, I mean, if you look at your phone, you probably have uh, a thousand, if not more, unopened emails because we rarely check it, right? Uh, that's because it's not very intrusive. So anyone's willing to give that to you. Um, so when you talk about like getting someone to give your phone number, there needs to be like a unique value proposition for that. Make sure that, hey, by you know opting in to receive text messages from this specific brand, you're going to be on a VIP list. You're going to get exclusive offers. You're going to get exclusive updates, product launches, early access to different things that no one else will get to. So there's got to be that specific value prop there. Um, and, you know, as far as continuing that conversation and, you know, weaving in conversational texting at scale, um, it's an opportunity to ask questions and be able to learn more about that customer right before they even make that first purchase. Um, so to your point about like, your question about you know, how are customers using conversations with a motive, um, you can use it in just about any point of the funnel. Um, very frequently, we see people using that pre-purchase funnel uh, to ask questions about, hey, what are your interests? What led you to this specific cosmetics brand? You know, are you looking for nail polish or a foundation or you know, a lip gloss? Asking those questions, getting that information from a customer, and then being able to recommend a very personalized recommendation uh, for the right product for them is super, super powerful. Then also saving that data and being able to use it on further outreach once you know that customer's interest, now you can start pushing more relevant content to them on a regular basis. But then there's the things that people don't initially think about when it comes to SMS too and using a conversation. What about an abandoned checkout scenario? What about post-purchase? It's an opportunity where you can start to automate conversations to your customers after they buy and say, hey, what was your experience with the product? Is it a good, uh, was it great? Was it poor? How can we improve this product? Or, you know, if you had a great experience, do you want to buy a new product? Let's recommend uh, something that goes very well with what you just bought. Or maybe you want to leave a review or join a loyalty program. So there's a lot of ways that you can start to re-engage that customer and get them back into that funnel to make that next purchase pretty quickly. Um, so we do see a lot of customers leveraging conversations in a variety of manners uh, to really drive that engagement and increase those sales. So you mentioned, uh, you know, getting a phone number is like a high bar, right? And I think I, I think you're spot on. It is to me. I only do it if I if I feel like I need something, am waiting for something, or getting some value out of it. You mentioned a VIP list. Any other like strategies you recommend merchants leverage to acquire an email address, or interesting ways that they can weave that into their email flow or their website pop up to get more phone numbers and really probably the highest value asset, I think right now, you know, get so those text messages sent to, to a list that's owned. Yeah. So as far as like new customers with us, um, I'll just kind of start from the top here. If you're coming into, you know, a motive or another SMS provider uh, and you're looking to get that list grown really quickly, again, use that email list that you already have to send out uh, an opt-in for SMS and say, hey, you know, we just rolled out SMS. This is a way to join our VIP list and again, get those like exclusive updates and promotions and offers. But we also unlock the ability to, you know, capture phone numbers off the website as well. Now with the ability to use keyword opt-ins, you know, people can visit your Instagram page, which I don't know about you or the audience themselves. Um, frequently, I'll go to an Instagram page. That's what usually draws me uh, initially to a brand. I'll get an ad or I'll come across a post. I'll go check out the page. I'll go scroll through a couple posts. Um, by being able to insert uh, your phone number and a text option in right on the bio, you're still being able to capture those phone numbers before they even get to the website in the first place. 
And their first experience is going to be a text message to them. Um, very few people are probably going to opt in to receive emails from Instagram or Facebook, whatever it is. Um, but again, the whole time, you also have to consider this is such a personalized channel, right? The people that you text on a regular basis are you, you know, your family, your coworkers, your significant other. You're texting them on a regular basis, but you probably don't want every brand under the sun to be sending you a text message. But with that, you also know the people that are opting in to SMS, they're a very high value customer. There's a good chance they're very interested. They're willing to go that extra mile to give you that phone number. So that's someone that you can really start to focus on even more. Um, and, and one thing that we see a lot of our customers do is they're trying to find that fine balance between, you know, what is the engagement rate on SMS versus email for specific customers? The customers that aren't really opening their emails but are engaging well with SMS. All right, now we can ramp up our uh, volume sending to those specific customers through SMS. Or if they have a poor open rate with SMS, let's focus on email instead. So it's kind of that fine tuning balancing act that a lot of customers are taking with uh, SMS right now. Yeah, it's funny. I just got a text today from a brand, and the only I was thinking about like pre like prefacing this conversation. I got two two texts from a brand. One was from a car dealer that I've already told I I bought a car from someone else long ago. So there's so we got to solve got to solve the car dealer problem. That's a whole other industry that has its challenges. Uh, and the other one was from a, a, a shoe company that was out of stock on the size and color that I, I wanted. Uh, I'm the most average guy. I wear like the most out of stock sizes of all time, even though they should be the most manufactured sizes. And that's one time that I often opt in for SMS is to get alerted when it's back or get alerted when this product releases. And I find that to be like the one that I'm happy to give my phone number because then I get the text, I buy the product and you know, they've done their job. I got what I wanted. Win win. Let's move on. So, um, you know, for the merchants out there, that works well on me. I don't know if it works on everybody, but I see that as an awesome use case as an out of stock alert to get, you know, get alerted to when this product's back. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the the chances of you seeing that text message, it's going to happen within the first twenty four hours. Versus email, it could sit there for a couple of weeks and they miss the promotion, or they miss the the restock. Um, so it's definitely a great way to get in front of the right people and again keep them happy. And that's like the end goal is let's build a strong brand presence and say, hey, this is why you like us. This is why you want to continue shopping with us because we keep you up to date with the latest. We're always keeping your best interests in mind. We're not just focused on you know mass blasting promotions to everyone. We treat you a little bit different. You're a special person to us, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you've been in the space for uh, quite a while. You've worked for a couple of tech companies that have solved, you know, very real problems. And I think, you know, Privy was pretty early to kind of the, the space that they were in with, with the pop-ups and convertibles that, you know, they've obviously advanced that product quite a bit. You know, Emotive is, is pretty early to SMS or was pretty early to SMS has, has, you know, now raised a bunch of money is advancing their product. And I think has a little bit of a different spin and the more conversational messaging, which I think is really, really nice. And I, you know, as a, as a consumer, I would enjoy, um, don't give us anything about emotive, but where do you see the market going as you talk, you know, more and more to merchants and partners and agencies that are trying to innovate? You know, iOS 14 comes out. They're getting screwed on Facebook. You were working with them there. Own channels are becoming more important. You know, what are you seeing and hearing that's like, okay, this is where I'm, I'm guessing and betting the future is? Yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head about like converting as many of your customers to an own channel as possible. That's really where I see a lot of this going. There's just... So much uncertainty uh, with you know social media in these different areas where um, e-commerce brands are typically getting a lot of their traffic from. Uh, you know, at any point in time, 
you know, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, they all have the ability to like shut down your channel or suppress your, your reach. Uh, and that's really scary for, for merchants. And that's why the most important thing is always to get them onto a channel that you completely control. You have full autonomy to send whatever you want, whenever you want to that customer to reach out to them. Um, but you know, where the industry is definitely moving away from is just those typical one way blasts. You know, we get a piece of mail, it started when you get a piece of mail in the mailbox, right? That says, Hey, here's a coupon code to go to bed, bath and beyond or whatever. Well, that's not very personalized. And that's where we see the industry really starting to trend towards is how can we incorporate more of a human element into our brands and how can we engage in two way interactions with all of our customers? And that's really what led me to come to a motive in the first place. I know this is a little bit biased, but uh, the idea of continuing to find new ways to evolve, um, interactions with your customers. How can we engage them in different channels in a two-way aspect? You know, maybe email one day will have a back and forth type of uh, complexity to it where you can actually send an email back to the uh, to the company that you're working with and you can get a personalized response back in real time instead of waiting for a support team to get back to you. Mm -hmm. The way we've handled SMS is the same way we want to try to incorporate that into other areas of uh, e-commerce as far as, you know, real human staff chatbots, you know, um, interactive ads that you can actually engage with and learn more about, hey, why is it the right product for us to use? Uh, and along those same lines, we've seen, you know, simple things like quizzes on a website to like learn more about a customer. Take this quiz or take this, you know, persona test to figure out what the right product is for you. It's all about getting as much data uh, from the customer as possible to just make everything more and more personalized throughout the whole process. Yeah, and I think some of our other guests have talked about that. Andrew from Clavio, you know, he's all about own data. That was that was the genesis of their business. It just so happened that they started to build these other tools around the data. Um, and then I think, you know, the the other piece is, I don't know if you know this, huge selling point for y'all. Uh, iOS 15 is going to now start, start blocking opens and reads on emails. So your email data, and I think for all merchants, start looking at your email data today and figuring out what, what's working, especially I think from a subject line or offering perspective, because <clears throat> once you lose that data point of open rate, your iterations are going to be much more difficult to move forward with. And I think, you know, my guess is SMS becomes increasingly more important, um, and especially in a way that is conversational, arriving at the right time hitting the right notes for the consumer because if if they're if you're not getting any data on their interactions with your email, you've got to find another place to see where you are getting interactions. So it is going to become more and more challenging. And um, you know, some of the content we're creating on this podcast especially is going to focus a lot on the changes to privacy to ensure that, you know, merchants are ahead of the game or learning from the agencies and marketers that have cracked some piece of the code, which not not all of it's able to be cracked, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, even even within SMS, you know, we're still kind of at the the will of the major providers like Verizon, AT and T out there. Like, they still are going to ultimately have the say in what what can be sent, what can't be sent, how often can you send. So there's always going to be that like element of control, no matter what channel you're talking about. Um, and with those like recent updates with iOS, um, people start to panic and they start to freak out. Um, and I, I understand that a lot of e-commerce um, owners, you know, entrepreneurs. They're really great at, you know, finding the right product and finding the right market that they want to uh, attune to and solve that specific problem and build this like vision that they've had for a long, long time. Uh, they're not always like the best marketers, which is why they bring in an agency or they hire someone to do it. 
But the one thing I've definitely learned and the one thing that's definitely helped me out from interacting with all these agencies I deal with on a regular basis is these marketers are really smart people. They're always getting thrown challenges almost every year, and there's a new way, uh, new problem they have to navigate through. There's always a way for them to figure it out. Um, you know, if we go back in time to where, you know, all the ads were just like printed in newspapers and whatnot, and then it came to radio, then it came to TV, there's always a way to navigate it and, and find a solution. So I have plenty of faith in, in the industry, no matter what gets thrown our way, uh, with these really uh, smart marketers that are out there, you know? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned uh, we. Uh, I interviewed uh, Antoine Gagne from J Seven Media, and he actually built the SWAT team within his agency to get as much information and test every single week once iOS fourteen released. So he was literally they were just peeling back the onion on the data every week to figure out what's going on. And his entire job for you know sixty ninety days as the CEO was weathering the storm with his clients and making sure that they were keeping you know, some budget going in Facebook because the only way Facebook was going to get better is if it accumulated more data points. And they've actually, you know, got it got it back to a stable state to almost, you know, exactly the, the ROAS they were at before the launch. But it was because he almost, I don't want to say forced, but, you know, talked his clients off the ledge to keep spending so that the algorithms could catch back up. And I think that's that's the job of a lot of agencies, unfortunately, is just, Find a way to weather the storm until you figure out what what's going to right the ship moving forward. Yeah, what helps like me sleep at night, and I'm sure it helps a lot of uh, these e-commerce brands uh, sleep at night as well, is you have some of these monsters in this space like Shopify and these huge agencies that their whole world revolves around this. They always have the best interest for the merchants at the end of the day, and they're always going to find a unique solution. So there's plenty of resources for us to j- jump towards uh, to find those unique solutions whenever, whenever these challenges come. Uh, and again, there's always new channels opening up for people to reach out. Remember, like a few years ago, we didn't even know what TikTok was. And now that's one of the best platforms <laughs> to drive you know millions and millions of you know um, eyeballs to. You have like 14-year-olds yeah. that are making an absurd amount of money on revenue uh, just by, you know, posting dance videos. And like, now that's a way that we connect. And now there's clubhouse, right? There's all these different avenues that are going to continue to open up and give uh, merchants new opportunities to collect data and interact with their customers in a really intelligent way. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing that every merchant needs is don't rely on one channel, like diversify. If you're only doing Facebook ads, you need to find another channel that works for you. If you're only doing you know, email, you need to find another communication channel that works for you. And and I think that is like words to live by and brands. There are probably hundreds or hundreds of thousands of brands that unfortunately went out of business because they were Facebook and Instagram only and iOS 14 changes and you've got no other channel to rely on where you can, you know, level up a little bit. Um, so really, really important bit of insight and in, in how the market's changing is, is diversify as much as you can today. Yeah. And I I think what's also reassuring is even with these changes with Facebook and Instagram, like whatever happens, it's probably going to come full circle again. And it'll still in maybe three, four years from now, it'll be the number one channel again to focus on. You'll get a a great sample of data. Uh, And the same thing goes for any of the own channels you work with. You know, um, a, a lot of people think that because I'm a big SMS guy now, because I work for a company that solely focuses on SMS right now, um, I'm anti-email. I'm not. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago when SMS first started getting popular, people were saying, oh, email's dead now. Well, no, it's not. And it's never going to be dead. It's always going to have its use case. It's always going to be an effective channel. Um, things just kind of go in cycles. Yeah. Yeah. And they pair well together. 
your SMS opt-ins are going to be way higher if you've got a great email list. You know, and I think that's like you've got you've got to own channels that you can promote things through that are easier to scale other channels, and you've got to have you know some segmentation there that you're working within. Um, it's just it's it's going to be an interesting few months. I, I'm it's going to be an interesting holiday season because as volume and I've worked in PPC and Facebook advertising for a long time. As volume ramps up, things always get a little bit wonky this time of year for for merchants and advertisers. And I think the iOS 14 changes will certainly make this an interesting holiday season for marketing. So, you know, I think I think for marketers, start building you know some uh, kind of groundswell of of urgency for your sale or event. Start using it as a way to get people to opt into things like SMS, so you're not competing with a cost per click that's four x in in a couple of months. Build that urgency and that groundswell of of. Uh, demand now and then send a text on Black Friday so that you don't have to spend 50 grand an hour on Facebook. I think there's like interesting things you should prepare for now. I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because that was one of the biggest things we we leveraged over a privy for the agencies and the brands that would use us directly. You know, people are talking about getting ready for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. They're like, okay, you know, we're planning for November. We're planning for end of October and November to get all this ready. We have all these ads lined up. We have like these special promotions we're going to run. But the, the foundation lies in, you know, right now. You know, if you yeah. aren't already doing something to convert people to an own channel now, you're going to miss out. And just like you said, that cost per click is only going to skyrocket from here on out until the end of the holiday season. So if you want to maximize um, and save as much money as possible, now's the time to focus on getting those people into those channels yeah. and then leverage it there to promote those, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge one. Um, Ryan, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, where can everyone connect with you or learn more about Emotive and, and what y'all are building? Yeah, you can definitely find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm always happy to make connections uh, with brands, agencies, whoever's out there, and always happy to make introductions to you, uh, to anyone in my network. Uh, so definitely it doesn't have to be motive related. It could just say, hey, I need an agency or, you know, whatever it is. Do you want to talk or have a little bit of uh, information about my experience and where I see the industry going? Always happy to connect around that. Um, and as far as Emotive goes, you can always find us emotive.io really easy to find. Um, and if you haven't come across one of our ads yet, you probably will pretty soon. Um, but we're always happy to chat and uh, see if it's a, it's a good fit for your brand. That's a good partnerships guy right there. I'm always happy to make an intro, right? That's said, I basically wrap up every call with that statement. So Ryan, I appreciate it. Always happy to make an intro for you if I can. And uh, hopefully all of our listeners here today learned a bunch. I know I did. So thank you for joining me. Thanks a lot, Zach. Appreciate the time.